It was a Wednesday night and I couldn't think of a better place to be than my favorite club downtown. I got lucky and ended up finding a couple friends to join me. I got there first and headed to the upstairs bar, ordered a rum and coke, and waited patiently for James and Bethany to arrive. While waiting, a dancer came up and tried to get me to buy her her dinner of salmon and broccoli. Even though I was impressed at her attempt to be healthy, I declined the invitation. James and Bethany finally arrived. We chatted and ordered food. After we ate and drank a bit more, we descended upon the main part of the club where all the action is. Girls everywhere, topless or close to it. Bethany wanted to get a dance but didn't want to go alone. She was picky and she struggled to find the right girl. Then Daphne walks over, petite but with a big smile on her face. James made the move, paid for two dances and sent Bethany and I to the back. It was good Daphne was small. The lap dance rooms at this club aren't the roomiest. We waited for the next song to start, it did. Daphne's top came off and the magic started. After the dance, we three returned to the bar to rejoin James. As with most strippers, it came up how she found herself employed at this establishment. She said, One day I was at work and I said, Fuck Bob Evans. With her manager's support, Daphne threw down her Bob Evans apron and marched to the club to apply. For the rest of the night, I found Fuck Bob Evans to be my new motto. It had meaning beyond Daphne's story, like a campaign slogan, encouraging those to abandon their boring lives for a more exciting one, for a better one. What was my Bob Evans, I wondered. What do I need to abandon for a better life? I didn't know then and still don't know today, but one day I'll figure it out and remember it was a young and optimistic stripper named Daphne that got me there. You've been listening to the American Strip Club Storyteller. You're listening to the Michael Papinchak Show. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. I am so unfortunately flying solo today. Mr. Jason Mocha decided that getting his Lamborghini Countach inspected today was more important than doing the show. So I just have to, I just have to accept that and do a show by myself which is totally fine, I guess. I mean, I don't know what it takes to get a Lambo inspected. I was thinking about it. You know, you can take any car to get inspected here in Pennsylvania. If you don't know, in Pennsylvania, you have to get your car inspected every year. I found out that not every state does this. When I had a car in Wisconsin during college, my car was out of inspection in Pennsylvania. And I had to drive back to Pennsylvania, and I was afraid of getting pulled over for having an uninspected car. And the people in Wisconsin were like, we don't know what you're talking about. Like, what do you mean inspected? I was like, well, I need like inspection stickers. You know, I didn't know. I, I never thought about it because I lived in Pennsylvania my whole life. And once a year I got my car inspected and that's just how it was. They put stickers on it and then I went home. Whoa. Whoa. Did you hear that thunder? Oh, my God. It's thundering out, ladies and gentlemen. It's it's going to rain. It's going to storm. Okay, but anyway, so, you know, you can go to just any kind of 
shop, any, I don't know, where they change oil, tires, and stuff, and you can get your car inspected. But a Lamborghini, that's not, you know, you just can't run that through a Jiffy Lube. So I don't know where he had to go, but he had to go somewhere special to get his car inspected. So he's out somewhere in the world here in Pittsburgh getting his car inspected, his Lamborghini Countach. And I'm here doing a show all by my lonesome. But that's okay. I have a few things to talk about. I don't know if it's going to be a long show, but it'll be a show while it's storming and thundering and maybe lightning. I don't know. It's a little scary. I'm all home alone. My mother is in Houston for the week. And my younger sister is down there with her. And I've had the house to myself all week, which is a little strange. A little weird. Last night, I uh, I swore I heard my dog barking, but that's impossible because the dog is at the kennel. And then I thought I heard somebody walking. I, I, my mind was playing tricks on me it, all week. Because I, I, I'm used to having people in the house. The dog, my mom. I'm used to that, you know, all those noises. And I think my mind plays tricks on me, makes me feel like there's other people here. But I swear to God, I got out of the shower yesterday and I heard a dog barking. But it wasn't real. My dog's at the kennel. He's not here. It was in my head. I wanted to hear him barking. I wanted him here. So my brain played a trick on me. And the trick was that I would hear him barking. But he was not here, of course. So let's get to the show. Let's see. What's going on in the world of the Michael Papinchak show? I got a new cell phone, and then I got a new new cell phone. So what happened was this. My phone, my iPhone 6, was starting to act up a bit. I could barely hear callers. I had to put the phone on speakerphone to actually hear the other person. And my, well, contractor or whatever it is now wasn't up till June, but I I didn't want to wait that long. I had some time to go look at some new cell phones, and I decided to move away from iPhone and go to Samsung, or just go to the Android operating system. So Samsung, Google, Pixel, uh, the Motorola droids, and I just went to go look. And you know, when you buy an iPhone, and when you have an iPhone, that's it. You have an iPhone. There, there's no customization. There's no different options. You can get an iPhone 7, iPhone 7 Plus. That, that's it. There's, there's two options. Do you want the little one or the big one? Well, when you move to Android, just like when you move to PC, do you want an HP? Do you want a Dell? Like, what do you want? There's all kind of different options. It's not like Apple where there's just one phone in different sizes. So I had my heart set on a Google Pixel, but, oh, Jason just texted me. What you doing? I'm going to text him. I'm doing the podcast Anyway, so we're going to have a little conversation. So I, I had my heart set on a Google Pixel XL, but the guy told me that, one, they don't make a Mophie case for it, and I love charging cases. I'm sure I, I could have found one, but they didn't have one like available. And they don't have expandable storage space. And Google says, well, you can use Google Pictures. Like, why do you need to keep, tw- you know, 2,000 photos on your phone you could just upload them to google pick pics or whatever it is and they're not actually stored on your phone they're stored in the google cloud or, or whatever and i was like yeah no expandable memory i don't know let's see the other options and i'm going to text jason i'm currently recording the show and so and then of course the samsung's everyone has samsung phones everyone loves them it's it's the i think it, i mean it, it must be the biggest competitor for the apple it has to be 
And then the guy was like, why don't we look at Motorola droids? And my big thing is I wanted a headphone jack. This is why I, I got away from the iPhones, is I really just want to be able to plug in headphones and not have to worry about having an adapter cord, having Bluetooth headphones, anything like that. The Mophie cases use micro USB, so I couldn't even use the Apple headphones that they, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, the, the Apple earbuds that they provide that um, hook into the uh, charging port, all that stuff. So forget iPhone. So I'm looking at these Moto Droid Z, okay, the, the Moto Droid Z available at, with Verizon, which is what I have. And I thought this was the coolest phone out there. So it's a phone, right? In the back of it is magnetic, and you buy what are called mods. And so there's a Mophie mod. It connects to the back magnetically, and it charges your phone. Then there was a speaker mod. Boom, you take off the Mophie. You put on the speaker, and now your phone is like a like a speaker. So instead of buying a Bluetooth speaker, you just attach it to your phone. Then there was a projector mod. You take off the speaker mod, you put on the, the, the uh, projector mod, and whatever is playing on your cell phone will play on the wall if you just find a blank piece of wall. It was unbelievable, and they had a camera mod. It turned the phone into like a real like camera, like a, like a Sony CyberShot or something. But this is the coolest phone. It had a big display, which is what I wanted. Now, here's the deal. He told me it had a headphone jack, and I didn't even look at the bottom of the phone. I said, oh, this is, this is the phone. I said, wrap it up. I'll, I'll take the phone. I'll take the Mophie. I'll take the uh, projector. And the reason why I got the projector, even though it's ridiculous, like why would I need a modification to my phone that, that, that is a projector? I mean, that's just I, – I, I, am I ever going to use this? Well, these modifications aren't cheap. They don't come with the phone. They're extra. And the projector – was like $300. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. He goes, oh, but but it's on sale. Now, he didn't say it was $300. All he said was, it's on sale. He said for $175. I thought, well, that's a lot of money, $175. But it is a projector. And I did play with it for a while. And you find a blank piece of ceiling and it, it'll project like 70 inches. So your phone can turn into a 70-inch screen TV. That's pretty amazing. And 300 bucks is a lot cheaper, or 175 I should say, is a lot cheaper than buying a 70-inch Sony or Samsung flat-screen TV. So I thought, okay, 175 bucks, whatever. He said it was on sale. Okay, let's take it to the counter. I was thinking, I'll get all this stuff to the counter, the phone, all the mods, then we'll lay it all out, see how much it costs, and I'll make a decision. So he comes back, he goes, I, I need to ask my manager something. So he goes, asks his manager, he goes, he goes listen, the projector mod is actually 300 bucks, So it's $50 on sale, $50 off on sale. So it's 250 I said, listen, kid, you said $175. i will pay $175. And guess what? It was $175. The manager, you know, credited me the extra money, and I got it for $175. And I got to tell you, my sales guy was really good. Zach, if you're listening, phenomenal job. You are a great salesperson and I was all about these mods and all about this phone I loved it I got I set it up I loved the camera the mod I loved everything about it and I get home and I'm showing my siblings now my younger siblings who are in who are in the Pittsburgh area are just the the computer tech people they know all about this stuff they they, they just know all about it and I know nothing you know what I mean I'm like one of those guys where you know, all I know how to do is turn a car on. I don't, I, I don't know how a car works. All I know is to turn my, my computer on, put in my password, and, you know, check my email. You know, go on Facebook. I, I'm not some 
tech guy. Okay, I, you're, you're lucky that you guys even have a show to listen to, that I was able to figure out how to hook up the mic to the mixer, plug it in, you know. But you know, I guess someone showed me, and I just do it the same way, like, every time. Like, I'm, I'm sure if my, my brother Larry was here, he could turn knobs and figure it out and make it even better, but this is what you get. They look at this phone, and they're, they shit all over it. They're like, it's a piece of crap. It's a waste of time and money. All those modifications are stupid. What if the magnetic structure of the back of the phone starts to break down, and they no longer connect? Then you're out of luck. What if in two years, when you get a new phone, Motorola has completely changed their phones, making the mods obsolete? You've wasted money. The mods only work with the phone. It's not like the speaker can be used Bluetooth or with other devices. They only work with the Moto Droid Z, and there's other ones as well. There's two other models, but I think the Moto Droid Z is exclusive to Verizon. Just like um, Danielle's husband was telling me to get the Samsung S7 Active, but that unfortunately is only available through AT&T. So anyway, I'm like, I got really down. I thought, man, I thought this phone was cool. You know, I thought it was something different. Everyone has an iPhone. Everyone has a Samsung. And if it wasn't for the the kind of, for me, drawbacks to the Google Pixel, I would have had a Google Pixel XL, but I like having a charging case, a battery case, and I want the option of expandable storage because why not? The phone seemed limited to me, but I love the Google Pixel. The reviews of that phone are phenomenal, and maybe, you know, I, I still could get a, a new, new, new phone, but so anyway, I'm basically really sad, sitting Shiva over the fact that I'm, people are shooting all over this this phone, and no one likes it. They're telling me it's stupid. And so I was like, Ugh, okay. And again, I'm new to Android, so I, I was having trouble, but it wasn't trouble because the phone sucked. It was trouble because I don't know how to use an Android platform, and I'm, I'm getting used to it. It's very different from, from Apple. Apple is one way. You turn it on and go. Android, you can customize everything from the icon sizes to what buttons do, I mean, it's, it's overwhelming. It's literally overwhelming how much you can customize an Android phone. It's a little strange, but anyway, so I go back to the Verizon store and everyone says, just go get an F7. Now Verizon told me that the, um, I'm sorry, did I say F7? S7, Samsung phone, S7. Now they told me that the new S8s are coming out this Friday. So I'm Thursday, I'm recording. So Friday when the show comes out, but I'm leaving for New York on Saturday, and I didn't want to. I I basically didn't want to uh, push it up that that close to my leaving time. However, you know I don't have to go to this Verizon store in Pittsburgh. I could go to the Verizon store in uh, New York. There's one just across the street from me if I decide to get a new 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 phone. So I I return all this stuff, and guess what? Guess what? They had a Moto droid phone with a headphone jack it's the lower of the three models and I almost got that and told my siblings to f off and I'll do what I want I like this moto phone but I didn't I listened to them because I trust their opinion you know I trust their opinion on what to get and what to do when it comes to technology and so through held back tears I returned the moto droid z the three mods, the Mophie, the speaker, and the projector. And I got what is now an obsolete S7 Samsung phone in gold. They only had gold, but it had everything that I wanted. 
an Android platform, and a Mophie case that I could buy right there with a headphone jack. It actually feels and looks just like my iPhone. It's very strange. And I have to tell you, I hate this phone. I am now going to spend two years with a phone that I hate. I really dislike it. It's not that because it's Android. It's just, I think it's the circumstances that I, that I got it. I think it's knowing that tomorrow, Friday, the brand new S8s will be out. And again, like I said, you have 14 days to return the phone and get a different one. I mean, I spent all this time updating, customizing, downloading apps on that Moto Droid Z, and I just took it back, and they gave me a, a, a Samsung, and now I've spent hours getting Nova Launcher, which my, my brother recommended, which is a, you know, it's the it's now my default desktop, where you could you could just customize anything you want, like like on this phone. I've spent hours, but maybe I'll get back to New York, go or maybe or maybe I'll go tomorrow. Maybe they'll have an S8. Maybe I'll just say, you know what? Take this now gold S7 obsolete phone. Even I, maybe they have Mophie cases. I don't know. And but I don't know. I think I'm just gonna keep it. It's just a phone. This is what this is what 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 Larry said. At the end of the day, it's just a phone. Yeah, the Moto Droid Z is really cool. It's a. It, I liked the big display. I really enjoyed that. That's why I wanted the Google Pixel. Or if the iPhone had a headphone jack, I would have gotten the 7 Plus. I the I, I wanted a big screen phone. And, and this Samsung S7 literally looks just like an iPhone. It feels just like my iPhone 6. Because they're, 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 they're competitors. So, you know, their phones are going to be similar. E- even the Mophie case feels exactly the, the same. It's a great phone. It's a fine phone. But at the end of the day, he said, Michael, it's just a phone. And you have all these mods to it. And there's going to be 19 more mods that come out. How much money are you going to spend on these phone modifications? These things that you attach magnetically to the back. That once Moto changes their phones, they're now obsolete. What if in two years, they still have mag- magnetic phones, but they change the shapes. Now they have all, all brand new mods. So now you have to just throw away your old mods that you spent hundreds of dollars on and get new ones. He's right. They're right. I'm not saying they're wrong. It's just I wanted to do something different. I'm, as Jason said, I'm not a sheep. Don't be a sheep. Everyone has a Samsung. Everyone has an iPhone. Get Be different. And I felt great with that moto. I felt different and cool and original. I mean, I know probably a lot of people have them. But still, in, in my little world, I was the one with this Moto Droid Z with, with modifications. Now, the thing is this, though. How do you carry these modifications around? I, I guess you don't. You know, I, I don't know why I would need the speaker mod in the subway or at work or in my car. Or I don't know why I, I would need the projector mod outside of my apartment. I guess I, I wouldn't. But still, they're right. And, and it was a lot of, a, a lot of money. I, I saved a lot of money switching to the Samsung S7. I didn't have to pay for all the mods. And it was a clean return. And uh, I mean, I, I had to pay a $35 restocking fee or some shit for the Moto Z Droid. But I don't care. That's fine. I I knew that. So now I, I have a gold S7 obsolete phone. And uh, maybe tomorrow I'll go get an S8. I don't know. Guess what I should have done? I should have, you know, basically I did this because one, my iPhone was kind of breaking. And two, I was bored. And I thought, let's just go get a, get a new phone. 
but I should have just waited till June when my phone was actually paid off. And that's nothing I I had to do. I had to spend almost a hundred bucks paying off my 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 iPhone. So this I actually still have it. The intro music and outro music is still from my iPhone six. I will keep that. That is now my dedicated podcasting phone. If you want to call into the show, you can use my personal cell phone number if you have it to call in. That'll be there. And actually, this this guy, this Zach kid at the Verizon store was like, listen, he's a solution specialist. He was like, I want to set you up with two n- numbers, your cell phone number for, for your new phone, and I'll get you another line so people can call in into the show. And, and I basically said no, because like I've said before, the show is recorded. It's pre-recorded. It's edited. It's uploaded to SoundCloud, and it goes out through iTunes and, and SoundCloud. It's not like I'm live. I, I can't. I'm not going to give out my personal number on the podcast. Uh, basically, if you want to call into the show, let me know. And if you already have my cell phone number or I know you, I'll give it to you. And uh, you can just, I'll let you know when I'm recording. Like right now, I started around, I don't know, 12 something in the afternoon, 1220 or something. And just, I say, call me between, you know, noon and two when I'm recording and we can get you on the show, but I really don't have that capability. It's when the show isn't live, having callers is awkward. I don't know unless a co-host calls in, like sometimes Jason calls in. I I should have had Jason call in from wherever he's getting his Lambo inspected. The Lambo, I guess he his priority is Lambo first, podcast second. But anyway, so I now have a Samsung S7 Gold. It's gold with a Mophie case on it with the headphone jack. Basically, it looks exactly like my iPhone. And I have to deal with that now obsolete technology for the next two years. But that's okay. I, I almost went back, almost, and got the Moto Z again and said, screw everyone. I'll do what I want. I'm original. I want something different. Whatever. <laughs> I'm just so bored. I guess I thought those, those mods were, were kind of cool. But, uh, but, but my, my boredom is going to stop because this Saturday I head back to New York and in New York waits for me an apartment that needs to be completely packed up. I have one month to pack up my entire apartment. The leasing company is emailing me every day about showing the apartment to people. I don't want people in there when I'm not there or not like, you know, around. I mean, I'm sure I can't be there when they actually show the apartment, but I don't want them in there while I'm in Pittsburgh. So as soon as I get there, I'll pack up all my valuables and stuff. So, or things that I, you know, for myself are valuable. So when people are in there seeing the apartment and whatnot, uh, they don't touch my stuff. But, you know, I don't know, whatever. I mean, the when I saw the apartment back five years ago or four four or five years ago, it was empty. You know, the guy had moved out. They were remodeling it. So... These people are going to see my apartment full of stuff. But actually, when I was looking at apartments, uh, 2013, that that was the only empty apartment. Every other apartment I saw was fully furnished. People were uh, living there. And actually, one of them that I saw, the the realtor or the broker or, or whoever was like, uh, this girl is willing to sell you any furniture you want. So I basically could have like rented the apartment, signed the lease, and then bought a, basically a furnished apartment. Now, I didn't do that. I, I went with this empty place. But, you know, now that I have this townhouse in Mars, 
I, I'm not as sad about leaving New York. I really like this place, and I, I wish I would have bought it, but I'm not in that situation yet. And I'm still, I'm still jabbing at Jason for a job at Lexus of North Hills. We'll see if that works out. But I am looking at some different job opportunities here, and uh, I am getting very excited about moving back. Um, just, I think Pittsburgh is the place for me at this point in my life. I think it's the place for the podcast, and I think as we continue to be Pittsburgh's premier podcast and we can build our fan base here and go from there, I think that's, that's the move, as Jason likes to say. That is the move. New York City has been amazing. It has changed my life, my career, people I know, I've met. I mean, it's been an unbelievable journey, and I will never forget my time in New York, and my time in New York probably isn't even over. It's just taking a little bit of a break. You know, we all need a break sometimes. And New York is a rough place to be. And I'm just a little tired of it. I think I want to slow down. I want to be near my family, near my mom, near my niece Camila, who is just the most adorable child in the history of the world. She is currently out in California. They went out, her and her mother went out there for Easter to be with uh, her mother, you know, Marissa's family out in California. And Facebook is now riddled with videos of Camila at their family's flamenco dancing studios. And they put on the music, and Camila's now pretty much standing and walking. Um, and they just stand Camila up, put on the music, and she's just like dancing around and waving her hands. I mean, she's just over one years old, not really walking seriously yet, and she's already dancing flamenco. I mean, she's going to be a champion, but that's the Papinchak way. Papinchaks are champions. Okay, I, I, I picked up a shotgun, and within a year, I won my, my, my club championship. We are champions. Papinchaks don't do anything half-assed. We don't... Listen, I just finished my third book about the 1996 Everest disaster. Okay, I watch the movie Everest every day. Pretty much every day. I'm reading another book called Seven Summits. I, I found a book in our house library here about a kid... 15 years old, he was climbing Everest in 96. And it's his story of how he survived that, that storm and what happened around him as a teenager with Rob Hall and Scott Fisher dying. We don't do anything small. We do it big. Someone said, Michael, you, you, you should do a podcast. This is show 37. I'm on iTunes. I recently ran into a friend of mine who said, listen, I deal with a company called EpicCast. It's a podcasting radio network. You should email them. Hopefully, I'll get an email from them and we'll get the show going in Pittsburgh on Epicast. Get it out to the world. I have business cards. I have a mouse pad. I bought a legit microphone. Camila's going to be a champion because Papinchaks are champions. She's barely walking. She's already dancing. It's like Mario Lemieux. If you're going to be a goat, you got to skate before you even walk. This is a family of goats, people. It's the herd. Papinchak family is the herd. All right. Anyway, let's see. So we, I, I it's now, because Jason didn't show up, I had to actually program. I had to write stuff down, or I'll just ramble on about, you know, P Purell. I have Purell on my desk. I'll just talk about Purell the whole time. So check off here. Moto phone mo mods gone. Sa Samsung Seven talked about. Finished my third Everest book. I just mentioned it. I wrote that down as well. I, so the book's called After the Wind. So I've read 
uh, Into Thin Air by John Krakauer, Left for Dead by Beck Weathers, and now After the Wind by a guy named Lou who was on the mountain with Beck Weathers and everything, did not make it to the top, decided to turn around because he knew they weren't going to make it by their turnaround time. The weather was getting bad and him and some other climbers just decided to turn around and honestly, they saved their own lives because if they would have continued up to the mountain, they probably would have died also or lost hands like Beck Weathers did, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know how to pronounce Lou's last name. I'm, I apologize, Lou. If you're listening, you're probably not. But if you are, it's like Kasakiskisk. It's like Lou Kasakiski. I don't know how to say it. I have no idea. But his is called After the Wind, and it's kind of it, it was um, indie published, so it's really it's really just um, what what he his take on the on what happened to him and his team and Rob Hall and everyone who died, and uh, it's written. It, it's more about like he said in the book that right after it happened, when he got back to Michigan, he's from Michigan, he wrote everything down, all of his experiences, his thoughts, everything that he could remember, and he just put it in a drawer, and it collected dust. And then John Krakauer uh, released his book, Into Thin Air, which was, you know, probably one of the most uh, popular, uh, not only mountaineering, but I think sports, because, you know, mountaineering is a sport, sports books out there, adventure story, travel story. It's an amazing book. If you haven't read Into Thin Air, even if you're not into mountaineering and Everest and the Himalayas and all this crap that I've become obsessed with, get get Into Thin Air. It's an amazing book. It's unbelievable the cluster F that this 1996 May, May 10th was. You know, after reading Lou's book, after reading Beck's and John's, Watching the movie every day, and of course the movie is a movie, uh, you know, it, it's not 100, it's based on a true story, it's not 100% true, you know, they had to change some things because it is a movie, you know, the the movie kind of pits Scott Fisher as kind of like the bad guy, because you know, in movies you have a hero, you have a bad guy, you have a love story, but Scott Fisher wasn't a bad guy, Rob, Hall, th- there were no villains on the mountain in 96, it's just people who were running businesses and trying to make money and be successful and get people to the top because that's their job. You know, that was Rob Hall and Scott Fisher's job. Lou, Beck, John. Well, I don't know about John. John, because he was there as a journalist, basically, I don't think he paid. I think Outside Magazine probably paid for him, but someone had to pay $65,000. You know, Lou and Beck wrote $65,000 checks and sent them to Rob. And Rob took that money and said, listen, I'm going to get you to the top of Everest. You know, I'm, I'm going to take you there. Now, technically, Rob actually says, my job is to get you home. His job really isn't to get you to the top. It's to give you the Everest experience. Summiting is a bonus. Getting home is the goal. That's what I've learned from all these books. Summiting is optional. Okay, there's an asterisk next to Summit Day, and it says optional. The goal of climbing with someone like Rob Hall or Scott Fisher is that they're professional mountaineers. They have the experience that, you know, as an amateur climber like Beck and Lou, and like I would be if I went, I'm not a professional. I'm not Conrad Anchor. I'm not Jimmy Chin. Okay, I'm not Rob Hall or Scott Fisher. I'm an amateur. And even though Lou and Beck and John had climbed many, 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 many mountains, many more mountains than you or I, it's still, they're not professionals. They're still considered amateurs because at the end of the day, Lou's a lawyer, Beck's a doctor. 
John's a journalist, a writer. You know, Rob Hall's profession, mountaineer. So at the end of the day, they have the experience to know whether climbing to the top is viable or not. Whether the risk is so great, they might break their quote-unquote promise of getting you home. Because at the end of the day, that's their job. It's not their job to get you to the top. It's their job to get you home. However, in Lou's book, Lou really doesn't blame the storm. I kind of blame the storm because even though if there was no storm, yeah, Rob and Scott and Doug and all these other people, Beck, Yasiko, Mike Groom, you know, Andy Harris, yeah, they would have been descending in the dark. And you don't want to be on Everest in the dark. It gets extremely cold. It just becomes like death zone doesn't even begin to, to describe it. But, you know, they probably would have been saved. I think that's, that's, that's Lou's perspective here. That even if they were descending in the dark and they got stuck, there could have the next day been a rescue attempt. But the storm completely destroyed any hope of that. So it's a little bit of both. It's really everything. I don't think you, you can... Some people blame John Krakauer and Sandy Hill, Hill Pittman. You know, if those journalists weren't there, then Scott and Rob wouldn't have had the business pressure to get them to the top. Because if John Krakauer came back to the U.S. and wrote an outside magazine, Rob Hall is the greatest guide on Everest. He got me to the top. He got all of his people to the top. He broke records. Bada be, bada boo. Then that would have been great business for Rob Hall. Every Tom, Dick, and Harry with $65,000 would have been calling Rob Hall to go to the top of Everest. And if Scott Fisher did the same, Sandy Hill Pittman would have wrote the same. And every Tom, Dick, and Harry who couldn't be on Rob Hall's team would have been on Scott Fisher's team. So, But you can't just blame John Krakauer and Sandy Hill Pittman. You also just can't blame Rob and Scott for deciding to go to the summit so late. I think you also have to blame the storm. I think basically the point is this. My, my, my point is actually you can't blame anybody, really. I think Lou was trying to blame people in his book. At the end of the day, it's a, it's a cluster of all these bad decisions. And, a, and then a hurricane-strength winter storm swept over Everest. And you, you're just not going to survive, except for Beck Weathers. You're just not going to survive a snow hurricane, as I call it. So anyway, I don't know if my... Now that I'm finished reading Lou's book, I don't know if my obsession is waning or, you know, maybe I won't climb mountains. I did spend some time at REI, which I talked about, and was looking at these cam things that c clamp you to the mountain via, you know, cracks in the, in the mountain. I, I couldn't believe it. I did buy a hiking book, so maybe I'll start hiking. But, you know, I, I go through these obsessions, you know. But I feel once I get back to Pittsburgh and get settled and hopefully get a job, maybe, you know, right now I'm bored. I, I need to get my mind wrapped around something. I, I can't just be idle. I always have to be learning and experiencing and you know, mountaineering, ice climbing, it's, it's, it's just so crazy. And I, and I watch this made rude documentary every day about Conrad Anker climbing the uh, center peak, uh, which is called the shark's fin of Mount Meru in India. Unbelievable. An impossible climb that took Conrad uh, Anker three times. You know, there was a guy uh, in 96 on Everest. It was his fourth attempt at Everest and he didn't make it again. How unlucky. I mean, there are some people like John Krakauer, he, he got to the top. I think it was his first try. I'm pretty sure it was his first try. And he made it all the way up. But John is a very strong uh, climber from, 
reading his book and from reading Lou and Beck's book, you know, because they, they reference each, each other. Lou said he, 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 he took a lot out of his book from 96 or 7 when he wrote everything down to the recent publishing of uh, uh, After the Wind. Uh, he, he, he took a lot of stuff out, one, because it was too much. It, it was too long for one book. And uh, he also was like, you know, it, his book is really about him and his journey, just like, like Beck. John Krakauer's book is really the definitive book about the 96 disaster. Beck Weather's book, Lou's book, they're about their own experiences. You know, Lou is a very religious man and is very deeply in love with his wife. And they, they made this deal that he would only climb Everest once and that he would come home. And come, him saying to his wife, I'm coming home or I'm home was for them this declaration of love that he didn't let his own selfish desires to climb Everest get in the way of her desire to have her husband home and safe. You know, the father of her children there in Michigan, safe with her. You know, that's a huge uh, underlying kind of theme of these books is that the wives just don't get it. They don't understand. And how could they? Because to them, their husband is abandoning them as the wife and mother of their children and abandoning the uh, children. If there are children, climbing is a very selfish thing to do. It's very dangerous. Eight people died in 96. Since then, was it 2015 or 16? 15 Sherpa died in an avalanche. Conrad Anker says in the Meru documentary that, mount, that, I, that mountain climbing is the most dangerous sport on the planet. When you go to Everest, there is no guarantee that you are coming home. No matter what Rob Hall says in his brochure, no matter what promises he makes you or whatever he says, like you can fall, you can be walking through the Kumbu Icefall and the glacier just decides to move and you fall into a crevasse and you're never seen again. It's not Rob Hall's fault. It's not Scott Fisher's fault. It's not a Sherpa's fault. It's not the latter's fault. Just, it's a glacier. We can't stop a glacier from moving. You know, these huge ice blocks, the size of buildings, what are you going to do? You're just a man. You're just a person. This is nature. This is Everest. We even we've invaded this 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 thing, this living giant thing. And Everest grows every year. It gets taller every year. The icefall moves every day. You know, we're the we're, you know you, you know what I was thinking about the other day the privilege that it is to be an ice climber and to be a mountain climber at all, because that means that you are in such a place in your life. And, you know, you notice these, these mountain climbers come from these wealthy Western countries, okay? Because who else could just risk their lives and money climbing mountains? I mean, even people from Nepal in that area, I mean, the Sherpa, they're born up there. So they, they, they climb up there because that's where they're from. But, but even there, they're like, geez, you know, it's, if, you, if you look at it, it's like these, you know, these, these Westerners, these white guys, basically, who say, you know what? We've conquered the economy, the military. We've won wars. Let's climb mountains. Because that's how it started with George Mallory, post-World War I. Let's go climb the tallest mountain, mountain in the world, the first Western um, expeditions from, from England. The empire, we must do this for the queen, for queen and country or king and country or, or, or whatever. It's queen and country now, but you know, back then, I don't know who was king or, or whatever back then. 
But, you know, it's, it's, it's all military. That's why they, they call it an assault on the Senate. They still say that. When, you, when you're up at high camp, they say we're going to start our assault. It's a military term. The knots for mountain climbing come from, from the Navy. You know, it's, it's very interesting how privileged we are as Western countries that we could waste our time and resources climbing mountains when in some countries they can barely feed their own, their own children. It's very interesting to me. Very, it's fascinating. It really is. And it's something that I could never do. I mean, one, I'm too fat. I'm, I'm out of shape. And uh, my mom told me I was at 14,000 feet in Colorado and I was barely making it. So, you know, Everest Base Camp is 17,600 feet. So I don't even know if I, I, Larry and I joke that we would, we would probably die in the, in the, in the Kathmandu uh, airport. <laughs> we wouldn't even make it out of the airport. Oh my God, that's so funny. <laughs> Wait, what did someone say the other day? Was it Larry? Larry was like, Mike, you want to go to the mountains and ice climb in Nepal where you're not even happy if we're not staying on the concierge floor of the Ritz-Carlton. But that's me. That was, I think, just a hilarious observation by Larry. He is the smartest of us, and uh, he always makes the most astute uh, observations of my crazy obsessions and... I mean, the Moto phone is kind of an extension of that. You know, I'm also very gullible, and I had a Zach was a, is a very good salesperson, and he just talked me into spending all kinds of money on stuff that I really didn't need, and I'm very good at doing that. But I liked it. It's I mean, if I didn't like it, I would have told him no. I don't I don't want this. But you know, it was a cool phone, Moto Droid Z. Go and get it. Everyone buy it. Screw Samsung. I'm pissed. I want my Moto Droid Z back. Anyway, don't listen to other people. Be you. That's my message for today. Do what you want to do. Okay? All right. What's next? Yeah, so I'm leaving this weekend to go to New York to pack. Uh, hopefully, I'm, I'm checking off my programming list here. Hopefully, I'll get an email from Epicast, and maybe we'll, we'll get out the show. We'll get it out to Pittsburghers. All right, so a couple things in the news. A couple things in the news. Aaron Hernandez, former Patriot has killed himself in jail. You know, I've often thought about this. I, I've been watching these these um, death row inmate documentaries and like interviews. I just find it interesting, you know, you know, he's being from Germany very much against the death penalty as most of Europe and the rest of the world is. And I, I guess I support it. I don't really know. I, I don't I don't really have an opinion on it. Uh, it it's not really in my you know, it's 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 like I didn't really have an opinion about gay marriage until someone very close to me wanted to, to you know marry someone of the same sex, and then I kind of, I kind of built my views around my own personal experience. So I don't have any relatives on death row, or I'm not on death row, so it's hard for me to really have a, you know, a, a real opinion about it. Uh, I mean, of course, Werner Herzog did you know his uh, his his interviews down in Texas because you know I think once a week they kill someone in Texas. And, uh, but anyway, I've gotten, you know, kind of very interested and I've thought about it, you know, you know, if I was on death row, I don't know what I would do. They're, they're going to kill you anyway. So why kill yourself? But Hernandez had life in prison and I've been thinking, oh my God, life in prison, like never getting out, at least on death row, you know, at some point they're going to kill you at some point your nightmare is going to be over. And whatever, if you believe in heaven and hell doesn't, you know, whatever. I mean, most of these guys find God. 
they hope that if they if they find God when they get executed, they won't go to hell for their terrible deeds. Because of course, they're I mean, you should watch these. They're on they're on YouTube. Uh, just it's the things that these people have done because they're on meth, because they're drunk. You know, multiple murders. This one guy, Robert Frada. Look up Robert Frada. He's a nutcase. A nutcase. Total narcissistic personality disorder. You know, killed his wife because he he didn't he didn't want to pay child support. I mean, the guy's a nut job. Claims that God told him to uh, start his own country within the United States that are just white uh, white uh, uh, Christians, I guess. And oh my God, just totally crazy people. But watch it. But if I, you know, those people, they at least know that they're going to die and it's going to be over. They, they don't have to be in prison anymore. But to have life in prison without the possibility of parole like Hernandez, to just know that for the rest. And he's only, he's only 27. So, I mean, he could live to be 87. That's just, I, I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I could be locked up for that long. And maybe I would, like him, wrap bedsheets around my neck and hang myself in my cell. And, to add to the religious part about finding God in prison, apparently, from what I read online, he decided to write on his forehead John 3.16, which is probably the most famous Bible verse of all time. And I have my uh, Bible right here in, in front of me. And John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Oh boy, Hernandez, oh boy. Well, he's going to have eternal life somewhere. I'm not sure, but you know, I don't know anything about this. I'm going to be honest. There's two big news stories out there right now that I, I want to talk about, Hernandez and Bill O'Reilly. And I googled Hernandez, and I had no idea what he was even in jail for. I assumed because he, he's, he's an NFL star that he killed his wife or girlfriend or something. But it was actually another football player. He murdered Odin Lloyd. First degree murder, convicted. Life in prison without parole. But his, <laughs> his, his Wikipedia page is basically like his police rap sheet. And, you know, so if you go to legal issues... It says 2007 bar fight, 2007 double shooting, 2012 double homicide, 2013 shooting, 2013 mur murder of, of, Od of, of Odin Lloyd. I mean, come on, dude. You're in the NFL. You're a New England Patriot. You're probably going to win a couple Super Bowls. Did he win Super Bowls? I don't even know if he won any Super Bowls. It, I'm, I'm going to look it up. I have no idea when, when he even played. Like, I'm totally out of the loop. Then... And honestly, I don't know how to use my my new Samsung phone well enough to get back to the Aaron Hernandez page that I, I had up here to, for as notes. And I had I had it on the Bill O'Reilly page, and now I don't even know how to get back to the Bill O'Reilly page. So this show is going very terribly because Jason isn't here, and I've been left alone. And, uh, you know, I guess Lambos are more unimportant. But that's okay. I mean, I'm not, you, you know, I'm not judging. But I don't even know when he played. I don't know if he ever won any Super Bowls. I have no idea. I'm going to look it up. Here we go. So he was with the Patriots 10 to 12. Yeah. Very short career. No Super Bowls. 
27 he died. Age 27. What? Ah. But 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 look, his his Wikipedia page is like his his police rap sheet. He's in the NFL. Come on, dude. You've won the lottery. Don't you think I'd love to be in the NFL, making all kind of money, getting women? I could be a kicker. I mean, I'm not going to be a lineman or a quarterback. I'm too small. And I'm a big guy. But I'm too small for that. I'm not 6'9", 350. I could be a kicker. I think, I think I'd be a good field goal, field goal kicker. That's what my mom said. She goes, oh, I messed up. I should have made you and your brother field goal kickers. Okay, well. Well, Hernandez, um, I, I wish you luck in the afterlife. Uh, it's really unfortunate. And, and this is why I think some people have stopped watching the NFL. It, it, it's, it's, like it, it, they're, it's like they're ungrateful or something. And it's like they expect all this stuff. I mean, are they on drugs? I mean, is he, is, he, is he hyped up on roids? You know, Starling Marte, the only, the only star the Pirates have besides McCutcheon, he's up on roids. 80 games he's suspended. Can't play in the playoffs. You know, but the Pirates, we're, we finally have a player who's on roids and he gets caught. I mean, I don't know what's going on. I mean, these, these athletes, they've, they've won the lottery. They're Americans. That's a lottery win. And they're professional athletes. Huge lottery, lottery win. Making tons of money for playing a game. For playing a game. That's what you do for a living, Hernandez. You played a game. And you couldn't even, you couldn't even make that work. 27 dead, committed suicide in his prison cell with bed sheets, with John 316 written on his forehead. Well, that's a lottery win. Anyway, Hernandez out. Next up on the list here, up on uh, up in the sports bar, we got Bill O'Reilly. So Bill O'Reilly, Bill O'Reilly, Bill O'Reilly. I have, I think, all of his books. I I've tried to read them. I read some of Killing Jesus, and I don't know where he got the idea as a news guy on Fox or whatever, or talk show guy, to write these books about killing Kennedy, killing Lincoln, killing Jesus. Uh, my mom said Death of the Rising Sun is a phenomenal book. Um, the Killing uh, killing Patton. You know, I have them all here somewhere. And I would watch his show from time to time. I'm not really a news watcher. I mean, I, I tell people I watch Fox News, but I pretty much just go on the website and Drudge Report. That's pretty much my... Um, every morning when I wake up, I, I check Drudge and I check foxnews.com. And that's pretty much it. You know, actually, when the news is on, when my mom has Fox News on, or even when she has, like, like Good Morning America on, I'd say, turn it, turn that garbage off. Watch a movie. Binge a TV show. Like, I, I'm going to get her Netflix for her birthday. You know, my mom is going through a lot of stuff. And she goes, well, I need to know what's going on in the world. And I'm like, Mom, forget it. Deal with your own stuff. Forget what's going on in the world. You know what? I, you know what? All, this, all, this, all these shows I did about supporting Donald Trump and politics... I haven't, I don't know, I don't even know what's going on. I mean, I heard that we bombed the shit out of Afghanistan, dropped the biggest non-nuclear bomb we have. I know we bombed the airfields in Syria because Assad was using chemical weapons. But I didn't, that's not all my programming for today. I didn't read anything. I'm, I'm not going to really give you my opinion on it. For some reason, I have a lot to focus on. I have my own life to get in order. I'm happy Trump's there. I'm happy we're finally bombing the shit out of ISIS and we should just get rid of Assad, get rid of Kim Jong-un. I don't know why North Korea even exists. 
Just invade it and get it over with. Go into Syria, wipe it out. Start over. Clean slate that shit. Get Assad out of there and forget Putin. Putin's got... Putin, Putin, Putin is like one of those guns where you shoot it and the Acme flag comes out. That's, that's Vladimir Putin. He thinks, it's this, he thinks it's the Soviet Union over there. He doesn't know what's going on. He's small potatoes. He's a little guy. Trump is Donald Trump. He'd fuck him up. Excuse my French. Anyway, I've really stopped paying attention. And I'll start paying attention again when it either affects me or when I've settled into a life where I have the luxury of sitting back and watching the news and having an opinion. But right now I need to move. I need to find a job. I need to get a car. I need to get my life together. I want to get this podcast out to the world. Pittsburgh first and then the world. I have stuff that I want to do. And right now the news doesn't matter to me. Trump's in the White House. Everything's fine. That's how I feel. Let's get my life together. Focus on your own life. Don't worry about the news. But anyway, so I don't like watching it. Because this 24-hour news thing, it's bad. It's bad for the country. It's bad for the world. It's, it's, just, it's just bad. It's not good. Shut it all down. One hour at night. Put someone on for one hour. Like back in the day when, when our parents were young. This is what happened. Trump bombed Afghanistan. Trump bombed Syria. This is what the stock market did. Congress is doing this. The Supreme Court did that. Hernandez killed himself. Bill O'Reilly's now got himself fired from Fox News for sexual harassment allegations, I should say. And yes, Fox News apparently did pay off five women. I think it said $13 million. But again, allegations are allegations. And someone said, hey, Fox News, you know, I work for the Bill O'Reilly show and uh, he sexually harassed me. And if you don't give me a million bucks, I'm going to go to court. Well, Fox News has a lot of money. Give her a million bucks and everyone sh shuts their mouth. Whether it, whether it happened or not. And I'm not trying to defend Bill O'Reilly here. I'm really not. Okay. I've watched his show from time to time. I like it, I guess. Again, I have all those books. I've only read a little bit of them. My mom gets them for me for Christmas and my birthday and stuff. And one day I'll read them all, maybe. You know, maybe if you had a what's, you know, Killing Everest book, maybe I'll read that. <laughs> but anyway, so Bill O'Reilly, this guy has the, had the number one show in cable news. Number one. Sexual harassment claims, uh, five women, $13 million dollars. And he, of course, they're denying, he's denying it, of course, just like Roger Ailes, who got fired, denies these claims. Of course, you're going to deny them. You know, you're not going to, you're not going to come and say, yeah, you know, I, uh, it's the grabbing by the pussy era. You know what I mean? Just the sexual harassment all over the place. But uh, so anyway, the, there's no more, no spin zone. That, that's actually pretty wild. You know, I mean, he's been working there for what, since 1996, it said, and it just seems like Bill O'Reilly's just this, like, I thought he was, like, uh, too big to fail. You know, like an unstoppable force. He's Bill O'Reilly. I mean, he's he's always on, right? He's he's someone that you can, like, rely on. You know? Glenn Beck comes and goes. Megyn Kelly comes and goes. But Bill O'Reilly, he doesn't come and go. He's Bill O'Reilly. He has the biggest show in the world for what he does. Well... Whether he did it or not, he's out. And Tucker Carlson's going to take his time slot. And that's just how that is. And we'll see. I like Tucker's show because he calls people out on their bullshit. And, I mean, uh, what's his name? Bill, Bill O'Reilly did the same. But Tucker does it in a very intelligent way. And just, especially, like, if he has, you know, feminists on or uh, abor abortion, you know, uh, pro-choice people on. He just, just 
you know, people from colleges who claim this, that, and the other about campus life, he just shuts them down and embarrasses them on national TV, and it's wonderful to see. Totally wonderful to see. But Bill O'Reilly, I wish you luck. Uh, they actually kind of left on good terms. He wished it wasn't like, um, you know, he wasn't hauled out of there, I don't think, uh, by, I think he, I think he's on vacation, basically. And just while he's on vacation, sorry, Bill, but you're, you're not coming back. God, that's just bizarre to me. That is just crazy. I guess to me, like, no matter what happens with Hannity, Glenn Beck, uh, Megan Kelly, the five, this, that, and the other, Tucker Carlson, Bill O'Reilly's the anchor. You know, he's like, he's like Macy's. He anchors them all. It's an anchor store. Long, long lease deals. You know, hot topic might come and go, but Macy's is going to be there. Bill O'Reilly is Macy's. I guess that's, that's what I'm going to call this show. Bill O'Reilly is, is Macy's. Actually, actually, <laughs> I did have a name for the show, but I can't, I can't, I can't divulge that information. I'm sorry. I just giggled to myself because I just thought about what I was going to call the show, but I, I can't. I, I I can't do it. But anyway, so one last thing I, I want to talk about. One one last thing, and uh, Bill O'Reilly's off. Bill O'Reilly off the programming list of things to talk about. My last thing to talk about. So last night I went out with with um, co-host and Lambo owner Jason Mocha, and also uh, one of his employees and a good friend of ours, Stephanie also came out and we went downtown to a bar and of course when you're at a bar you tend to run into people and there was this guy sitting next to us and you know how it is you're drinking uh, eating wings uh, Stephanie had a bit of pizza I, I had some chicken fingers and fries and we're having some drinks some uh, vodka sprites and and rum and cokes and whatever whatever and you're talking and you know, you hear their conversation, they hear your, your conversation. Well, I actually left to go to the restroom. And w when I got back, Stephanie and this guy were talking about like chips and dip and all kind of weird stuff. So they had really struck up a conversation. So this guy, he, he says, all right. So it's Jason next to him, Stephanie, and then me. So Jason, Stephanie's between Jason and I'm farthest away from this guy. And this guy goes, listen, I'm going to guess what you guys do for, for a living. I was like, sure, I, why not? I mean, we're not doing anything else. He goes, okay, so Jason, you're the anesthesiologist. And you and you, me and Stephanie, he goes, you two are the nurse anesthetists. He goes, Jason, you look like you're in charge and those are your groupies. Because like Stephanie's really hot, which is true. And Michael's like a goofy guy. I was doing like impersonations and like Donald Trump and stuff and just being goofy and having a good time. It's a bar. You know, that's what I'm good at. So that, that's how I make, make friends. And we just start laughing. And I'm telling you this because this guy, like Wayne Brady or something, starts like a game show. And he's holding his hand up to his face. And he's, he's like, okay, welcome to Guess That Profession. And he's going like, bam, 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 bam. He's like, okay, and the music, all right. Welcome to Guess That Profession at the bar. And he's like, and he's holding his hand up like he has a microphone. He goes, all right, Jason. No, he's like, okay, what's your name? And, and, 
and Jason's like, Jason. And he's like, where are you from? He's like, Mars. It's like, all right, all right. You know, and he's going down the line as if it's a game show. And I'm looking around like, what the fuck is this guy doing? We're out in public. We're having a good time. We're drinking. And he's doing this like fake game show at the bar. And basically, it ended up not even finishing. But then Stephanie said she was from like Zelianople and he couldn't handle that. So he made her change it to Pittsburgh. And I said, Fox Chapel. And he goes, is that Pittsburgh? I mean, he's from here, but he, he didn't know that area. And he's in the military and he's coming back. This whole thing. And his, his actually, his friend he was with is a jazz drummer. We were talking about jazz drumming in Pittsburgh and all this stuff. And uh, I just thought it was just so bizarre. Just so bizarre. You never know who you're going to meet out. Uh, basically, at the end of the day, as you guys know, Jason is not an anesthesiologist. Stephanie and I are not nurse anesthetists. And eventually, we did divulge through the game show a little bit what we do for a living. Because he started asking us questions. So, Jason, where do you work? You know, and Jason's like, Wexford. You know, do you have to buzz into work? No. You know, so eventually, you know, after so many questions, we were able to get out that Jason sells cars, Stephanie sells cars, and I sing opera, for now, at least. I just thought that was, you just never know, you just never know what's going to happen when you go out to a bar. So anyway, I am sitting here in Pittsburgh in an empty house. I'm picking up my mom this evening from the airport. She gets back from Houston. Tomorrow, I'll pick up my rental car. And then Saturday, drive back to New York. Next week's show and the next several shows, few shows, will be from New York City. It'll be the last Michael Pinchak shows from the Upper West Side of Manhattan. Uh, It's going to be the end of an era, people. Can you believe it? The show was born there, but it's going to grow up in the Pittsburgh area. That's what's going to happen. And I'm very excited. Very, very excited. And listen, if you're in the Pittsburgh area, and you need a Lexus, there's only one place to go. Head up to Lexus of North Hills at 15025 Perry Highway, Wexford, PA, 15090, and go see my sometimes co-host, Jason Mocha. Call him at 724-940-1400 or email him directly at jmocha, M-O-K-A, at lexusofnorthhills.com. And if you need any custom tailoring, go up to Chico Tailors at 133 West North Street, Butler, PA, 16001. You can call Frank or Larry at 724-287-5814. You can email them at info at chicotailors.com. Chico is spelled C-I-C-C-O. Over four generations of experience goes into every garment. And remember, if you need any photography, any photography needs email contact sarah miller sarah miller photography at www.thisissarahmiller.com sarah is spelled s-a-r-a-h miller m-i-l-l-e-r for family wedding fashion and commercial photography and again you can email the show at the michael pinchak show at gmail.com pinchak p-a-p-a-n-c-a-k www.tmpspodcast.com facebook.com slash the michael pinchak show twitter.com slash TMPS official and I just got an Instagram page and our Instagram thing is TMPS official so go on Instagram and like the Instagram page I will have pictures of I guess me you know what I'll do I'll just take a picture of me like doing the show like like right now and I'll put it up on on Instagram and you can like like it how's that how's that we're we're, we're getting out there in, into the world people this is the future 
the future, okay? Technology, social media, like everything. Go to Facebook, go to the website, go to Instagram, go to Twitter. Like it all. All right. Hey, guys, thanks so much for listening. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll see you next time on The Michael Papinchak Show. Thank you.